Matt Weaver with BibleTruthProject.com here. Want to welcome you and greet you in the precious name of Yeshua or Jesus, who is our Messiah. Today I'm going to be speaking on a subject which I feel is one of the greatest messages that Jesus gave to the world. And it's often a message that is lost or forgotten in the world today. This message is the kingdom. Now I want to ask you a question before we get into the discussion. What does it mean for you when you hear the word the kingdom? What is the first thought that enters your mind? Now this truth for me did not begin to become reality until I went and visited Israel for the first time in 2011. And it was there that I saw for the first time the uh, that, that God had given Israel the promise of a kingdom. Now this promise was a geographical promise, but it was also a spiritual promise. And it is in this premise that we're going to begin our discussion. Now the first verse I'm going to use is in 1 Kings 9, uh, verse 5. And this is the story of Solomon after he finished building the temple. And in verse 5 it says, Then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now, why is this important? Well, because it was God's uh, will that his kingdom be established on earth. And if we look back into the, the Old Covenant, Mosaic Covenant, God had told the children of Israel that he wants them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And I'll look at that verse here. And the verse is Exodus 19.6. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And at this point is when Moses came before the elders and laid before their faces all the words that the Lord commanded him. Now, I want you to notice that God's intention was to bring them out, to give them the covenant that he will dwell with them. And he gave them the conditions of this covenant. Today we call that the law. And we want to say mosaic, or the, and it's part of the Old Testament. But, but I want you to dig a little deeper. God's intention for Israel was for them to be a kingdom on earth. And not just to be any old kingdom, but his kingdom. And also to be a kingdom of priests. And then later he references kings. But to be a, a kingdom of kings and priests. A holy nation. Now we can randomly look at these questions and, and the and, and these verses and say, okay, yeah, that all makes sense, great, good. But so what? Well, I want you to draw draw your attention to the fact that it is referencing kings and priests. So if we really look at what kings are and what priests are, we will see and hear a truth um, that will change your life. First of all, let's look at kings. What are kings? Kings are individuals who rule and who reign. And priests are people who intercede or mediate between God and man. Kings rule, priests mediate. So God said anybody who is in his kingdom, okay, if they're kings and priests, okay, they're in this kingdom is going to be 
people who intercede and people who rule and have authority. And from a spiritual application, I want, I want you to ask yourself the question, is this active in your life? Do you, do you see the, the truth of this, but don't experience it? Or is this something that happens in your life all the time? The reason I say that is because Jesus later, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, writes something very interesting. I'm just going to go to it here real quick. Here in John 3, 5, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter. There's the key word, enter the kingdom of God. Before that, there is a reference that says, uh, two verses before, in three, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see, key word, the kingdom of God. So I want to ask you the question, do you see the principle of the kingdom, or have you experienced the kingdom? Do you see how the kingdom could work, or have you experienced how the kingdom works? There's a difference here. And I don't have all the answers on this. I'll just be honest with you, because growing up, I always heard, you know, born again, born again, born again. But when I really dug into it, born again was only used once, and it was in this reference. And it said, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. But it then goes further to say, except you are born of water and spirit, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. And I believe this is speaking to the spiritual regeneration that takes place in the life of a believer, even after he is born again. But there must be a, a, a further uh, spiritual generation or something that causes him to enter the kingdom. That's what it says here. And I, I honestly, I, I don't know, other than this is what Jesus said, I don't know exactly how to explain this. I've experienced it, but I can't really explain it what the difference is in, in this. Most people can say, yes, I was born again. There was, a, there was a transformation experience. But, you know, in my own life, I was frustrated because I could see truths and principles and promises that are part of the kingdom that God has established for all of us. But yet I was frustrated because it did not operate. It did not work within me. I did not experience it. And there was one dramatic experience that changed all of that. And that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I know that's a whole different discussion. I'm not going to get into that. But that experience, the way I, the way I see it, it changed me. It put me uh, in a place where I could not only see the kingdom, but I could enter it and experience what the kingdom was. Now, it was really made reality to me after I went to Israel and I saw that God has this physical covenant with the children of Israel. Okay, today it's the kingdom of or Judah. And he has this covenant, and it's a geographical covenant. It's got a covenant with the land, they got the covenant with the people, and it's got a covenant with David, covenant with Abraham, covenant with the church. There's actually quite a few covenants that God made throughout the years. And in a different segment I had spoken about that. But what is this with the message of the kingdom? The kingdom is the message that Jesus came to speak about. I'm just going to really click, quickly look at some references here of some of the verses that speak about the kingdom. Okay? Matthew 5.20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed, so outdo the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case 
enter, keyword, enter the kingdom of heaven. So we need to be more righteous than the people of the physical covenant to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So not everyone who calls God Lord is going to enter the kingdom. But who is it? It's he that doth the will of the Father in heaven. So there's a difference here. Obviously, one is dead to self. One is one is not serving the Father. So obviously, he's living of his own power and strength. Matthew 18, verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to be converted, become as little children. What is this talking about? We can just say, what's the new birth? Well, it's a new birth, but it's not just uh, the, the born again experience. There's this born of water and spirit. And then he said as to, to his disciples, verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly, very difficultly, enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, we want to say hardly, but later it says it's, uh, well, I'll get to that verse. It's easier for a rich man to enter the kingdom, uh, or it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is an opening in a gate, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Well, it's not saying it's impossible. It's just saying it's very difficult because a rich man has is self-sufficient. And a kingdom person is somebody who relies on the promises of God. Matthew 19, 24, And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now the eye of the needle was simply a, basically a man door in a gate. So you can imagine a, a, uh, a camel trying to get into a regular doorway. It'd just be pretty much impossible. It's not saying they couldn't do it, but it'd be very difficult. We're going to keep going. Matthew 9, 47, And if that eye offend thee, pluck it out. For it is better to enter the kingdom with one eye and then have two eyes be cast into hellfire or into the fires of Gehenna. So it's better to just, if you see you have an issue, a problem that, that affects you, that blinds you, to the truth of the kingdom. It is better to just say, I am not able to perceive any truth in that and cast it out and not put your trust in it because it is better to enter the kingdom just being able to see with your one eye than having two eyes and be led astray. Does that make sense? Mark 10, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter. The key here is that it's becoming a child. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciple, How hardly shall they have the riches, they that have riches, enter the kingdom of God? It is very difficult. And the disciples, this is the next verse, were astonished at his word. But Jesus answered and said again, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Next verse, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. But the beautiful part here in this whole picture is that Jesus then says, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So I want you to realize here is a lot of people 
especially in our backgrounds, have looked at this whole equation of riches and said that God cannot use anyone that's wealthy. To me, it is the greatest miracle when somebody who is wealthy is humble and is able to walk before God, not in, pri in pride, but in the humility and the just as a child. That is the ultimate miracle that Jesus is speaking about because with God, it's possible. With man, a rich man, it's not possible. I'm going to look here at Luke 18, 17. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. So again and again and again, we see this. Uh, we see this. But there seems to be a condition for entering the kingdom. Now in Acts 14.22, this is, and after this I'll have my closing thoughts with it, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. You know, the difficulty with entering the kingdom for me is, is because it is something that is not naturally understood. The kingdom of God is something that only God himself can reveal to you. You must be as a little child. It requires blind faith. It requires the ability to give everything up. It is, it is and later in the parables it talks about the kingdom is like a, uh, a mustard seed. You try to hide it, it just comes up. It's a little seed, yet it grows into the biggest plant. Uh, it's like leaven. A little bit of this leaven, a little bit of this kingdom culture will grow a whole, a little lump into a huge lump. And even if you punch it down, it comes right back. The kingdom is everything. The kingdom is what Jesus came to establish. The kingdom is everything. First, spiritually, and then I believe he will make it a physical reality. Whether we like it or not, here or there, okay, whether in this life or in the next, there will be a kingdom. There will be. Jesus declared as he's on the cross at this day, will you be with me in paradise? And he also declared to Pilate that my kingdom is not of this world. So his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom that will be made manifest on earth. Currently through us, we are called to be kings and priests. We are called to be the spiritual rulers and the spiritual intercessors for the kingdom of heaven and earth. And I have seen this time and time again in my own life that certain things that the Lord has spoke to my heart that I have prayed and there has been direct responses on a mammoth scale that God has changed uh, in the world because of things. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to because that is our calling. It is our calling to be a part of the kingdom. It is our calling to intercede on behalf of God to this world. Why does God choose to do it that way? I can't answer that. All I can tell you is that was his desire. And God works through us. And he shows us this truth. But before we can receive it, we have to enter the kingdom. This is the truth that I believe is going to come out in the last days. People are going to begin to see the reality and the necessity of entering the kingdom. And once they do, they will see the spiritual authority 
and everything that is necessary that God has called us to do is, is well equipped. But the secret is that it is hidden in the kingdom. So I want to encourage you today to be and reach for and ask God to open that door to the kingdom for you. Ask him to open it up that you can enter and ask him for that strength, for that power that is all available in the kingdom of God. He has come to bring his kingdom, and it's a spiritual kingdom, one of which you will be a king and a priest. You may accomplish almost nothing in this world. Spiritually, you may be one of the greatest rulers who ever lived. The difference, you're in the kingdom. Be encouraged and blessed.